This is the Take Your Meds podcast, your safe space to explore how you can brighten up your life from the inside out. We're diving deep into the different medicine millennials take to turn their light on. Season one gives some insights into how you can navigate your quarter life crisis and find the confidence to be your authentic self. On this episode, I sit down with a sparkly human that is Kieran Patel, who I met in my work in philanthropy. Listen in to hear how connecting to your creativity turns into medicine. So, Kieran, I have pulled two cards for this time and space together. And it's actually so crazy because as I was driving here, I was like, oh my God, all my decks are at this other place. And I just felt this peace and I was like, it's fine. Like, it's fine. And I was like, that's weird because there's no decks there. Anyways, I rock up and there's two new decks that have arrived at this place. I'm like, this is weird. Amazing. I hadn't ordered them, you know, so they were gifts. So here I have one of these beautiful decks. It's actually called The Divine Feminine by Megan Waterson. Beautiful. And I've pulled two cards for this space. One is called The Cosmic Egg, The Divine Feminine. I hold the universe within me. I am the force of an ever-expanding love. Okay, okay. What's I dig the that. What's the guidance here? Does anything come up for you with those words? I think there's something about just like light and spreading life and love. Um, That feels like a general kind of undercurrent goal of my life. Like... How can I spread more light and love into the world? So yes, I, I dig this cosmic egg, and I also noticing that I have like the same color sweater as like the color of the front packet. So I'm like, that's got to mean something. Oh my god, no such <laughs> thing as coincidences. Okay, the cosmic egg is the core symbol of the divine feminine's creative core. It is a spiritual motif found in the creation myths of countless cultures and civilizations. It represents a birth, a new beginning, or an expansion of life. In the Rig Veda, one of the oldest texts in any Indo-European language, the cosmos is described as a golden egg-shaped womb. The entire universe is said to have emerged from it. In Greek mythology, the Orphic egg hatched the primordial hermaphroditic deity. Wow, these are lots of new words. Who then created all the gods and goddesses. It is depicted as an egg with a serpent wrapped three times around it. In Egyptian, Chinese and Polynesian mythologies, among many others, creation begins with an egg. And in the Christian tradition, Mary Magdalene used the egg to describe how life begins again after death. In modern cosmology, it is believed that 13 billion years ago, the entire mass of the universe was compressed into a gravitational singularity, the so-called cosmic egg. 
and from that singularity the universe has expanded ever since to its current state and continues in this moment to expand even further. When your soul selects this card, nothing needs to happen. Everything is as it should be. You hold the universe inside you. All life emerges from within. If you try to exert pressure for something to exist before it's ready, the new life within you won't have the time it needs to fully form. The cosmic egg is the essence of the divine feminine. It is the ultimate symbol of the creative force that exists within each one of us. It's the dark, loving womb that holds and protects all creative expressions of life. If we allow what's within us to emerge in divine timing, in kairos or soul time, then what's within us will transform us. The egg is the trust that what is ours can never be taken from us, so there's no need to answer the ego's push to rush the process, to impress others, or to complete something on someone else's timeline. The egg is the faith that our process is sacred, that even in the midst of what looks like chaos or delay or even death, there's a tendril of new life that needs only our trust to eventually take form. And the egg is the knowing that life begins again after death from within. Where are you ready to expand? Wow. That was gorgeous. What comes up for you? So much. So much. Um, yeah. I'm... I'm thinking about how um, I'm thinking about how I want to be the most authentic version of myself and find myself in spaces where um, I'm being seen as many different things. And, and I think finding places within myself and outside of me that allow for me to be fully be seen. Um, there was so much in there. <clears throat> and to be honest, I'm just like, I'm just like sitting in the gooey yumminess of it all. Um, and, and I'm just thinking about how much that felt glorious to hear. And I'm like, I kind of want you to send that to me later. <laughs> I will. I will send this to you afterwards. And I kind of feel like that actually was all absolutely for you. I don't. I just kind of feel like that other one I'm not really doing anything with. It's gone to the side. I feel like this is whole and complete. And mm. as I was reading this, thinking of you, I just find like you have – you are such a creative human being and I've always been in awe of your creativity and your ability to let your creativity shine in whatever way it's being called to shine. Mm -hmm. And that by doing that, it gives permission for other people to have their creativity shine and that you don't always see the impact of the sparkle of what you bring into the world and yeah, that's, I think, what came through for me as I was reading that of just like 
trusting the perfectness of your creations and the impact and transformation and love that they bring into the world. Mm, beautiful. That that one line around just trusting divine timing and not rushing into things because of the idea of not giving it the amount of attention that it deserves was just like hit so hard because I'm like, gosh, that's that's been um, a theme of, let's say, the past couple of years of just um, in times rushing work and, and um, yeah, just finding a lot of absence of grace where I really do want more gracefulness in my, in my work and in my like creating, um, um, that I, I've found myself in a number of times sort of not giving things the attention it deserves. So that was like mm. oh, a beautiful reminder of, of giving things time and trusting and, in the, um, yeah. And the sacredness of it. Mm. Yes. And why do you think it hasn't had the grace in the past? My sense is that I felt like there was a lot of posh. There was like, there was a push with the, the things that I was creating that if I wasn't, the fear was if I wasn't pushing, it would stagnate and then die. And, and that fear was enough for me to push through the the inability to see my own well-being dwindle as I pushed further mm. um, and my inability to take rests and breaks it was like that fear was so strong that it it was like hey I can compromise these all these things that are ultimately driving me to do this work you know the the fuel of my work is my well-being but um, in that, in those moments and in those times, it was, it was pushing that was, um, and rushing that was, um, what I felt was needed or, or was better than, better than the fear or succumbing to the, the outcome of that fear. Mm. And do you feel like you're in a place now where you're able to let that go and really just follow the perfect timing of your creative births <laughs> is that what Straight we up, call them creative births <laughs> i like creative births if i mean i don't know what it's like having a baby but um i definitely feel like extremely attached to the things that i create um and you know especially if it's you know a, a passion or art project you know something that's like i want to express and and share into the world is it's it is you know very much something i'm like really really close to um, but yeah, straight up, I feel like I've just like, you know, I, I use this word lightly, but burnt out a number of times enough to realize like, Hey, this, this just can't be the way. Um, and even if it's not, you know, a big catastrophic disastrous burnout, um, even the, just the, the exhaustion or the fatigue after, you know, six months of of really sort of sprinting through a piece of work or mm. as I said before, rushing through a piece of work and then getting to the end of a six month cycle and just being like, fire out. I can't do that again. That was too much. Or, or finding myself wanting to escape the world that I've built for myself, you know? Oh my gosh. Say that um, again. That is so true. 
Oh, <laughs> you find yourself wanting to escape from the world that you've built. Mm. It's like a six-month cycle. I, I've, I, I remember, it like, so move space. I remember it was our it was our first birthday, and and I remember it was like for whatever reason, like the birthday of this project was like and like as I got closer to it, it was like an indicator for me to just like start pushing like that fear would come up again is that all of a sudden there'd be expectation it's the first birthday what have we done in the first year and i would just you know two months leading up to it just push 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 mm. and I'd get to the end of our first um, birthday celebration i'd be sitting there going oh my god i just want to go and and half the time i did i you know i, I remember when we could i flew over overseas it was a friend's wedding and i stayed around backpacking and and then it was year two, and, and the same thing happened again. We got to the second birthday. I felt that fear of expectation. Oh, my God, it's our second birthday. What have we done? It's been two years now. Mm. We could get away with so much. It's only our first year. It's totally fine. But two years, we've, we've got to have sorted our shit a little, you know? And, and, um, and then, yeah, ran away again. And it's coming up to our third birthday. Um, and, and I'm sort of sitting there going, right, how do I want to do it this year? Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's so interesting because my, my body can remember that feeling, you know? Yeah. Uh, they talk about body clock, you know, and you can wake up right, you know, right a minute before your alarm and just, your body knows. But this is like a year alarm, you know? It's like <laughs> we're getting to that time and I, and I can feel it in my body. And I'm just like, how do I, um, yeah, how do I do things differently? Because I know year one and year two is was um, not how I want to spend year three, four, and, you know, however many years to come. So what have you learned from the previous two years of arriving at the birthday, having this overwhelming feeling of expectation, and then going into chaos? What have you learned from that over the last two years, and how are you going to reframe this third birthday to be something that you can really celebrate and enjoy? It's, it's a great question, and there's, like, traps in that question because the assumption there is that I know, <laughs> <laughs> and I sure as hell definitely do not know. Um, what I do know is that my body is, is feeling that feeling of here we go again, mm. and my sense is that I have learned some things and that I know I don't want it to be the same. But ultimately, these things are going to happen. And the only thing I believe I can control in this time is just how much grace or ease and joy can I intend to have going through this time. Mm. Because at the time, my sense was that I went in going, how can I make this as spectacular, as amazing of a birthday, as of a celebration? How can I prove to people, to myself, to my parents, to society at large that what I'm doing is worthwhile? Rather than that be the intention, I'm trying to let ease, joy, and grace be my guide through this time. Okay, and, um, okay. 
You like those words? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'm having a bath in it. That feels quite nice. Ooh. <laughs> uh, it feels good, right? It feels it feels great to say. It's like, yeah. shit, what would that look like, you know? Fuck yeah. Um, and, and, you know, as much as I'd like to think that, yep, I can control this part and that part, this part, I can feel the part of me that drove me to push because it is exciting. Mm. Like, yeah, I want to show to the world that what I'm doing is rad. And, yeah, I want to celebrate with my parents the epicness of the past year, let alone the people that I've worked with and the community that we serve and the society in which that we're a part of. Like, yeah, I want to celebrate that. Um, but, two, I want to do it in a way that feels great and, and doesn't lend itself to me running away and escaping so I it's kind that. of a dodged question but just holding an intention is hopefully what I've learned yeah that's um, really powerful that's really profound because it's like these these are the things I want to feel so what mm. is the experience what will I do how will I show up in order for that to be real something I've been playing with lately is like what if this is easy what if it's easy what do I think, feel, and do when it's easy? Because, like, I'm done with the high expectations and feeling overwhelmed and wanting to escape as well. So how do I get back in the driver's seat and pick up and try on some new ways of thinking and feeling to see if I can get a different outcome? So I love it. That's a really powerful intention. Grace, joy, and what's the other one? Ease. Ease. Grace, joy, and ease. Here for it. I mean, like, ultimately, I think the learning also comes from just, like, learning the same thing again. You know, like, you know, it's a classic spiral. Like, you know, the image in my mind is a spiral. You know, you sort of come back to the same learning, but hopefully just a little bit deeper and closer <laughs> to the gold, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, like, I've been here before, <laughs> but I feel a little closer to this not happening again. And then, of course, it happens again. And you're like, I feel like this has happened before. <laughs> But I feel like it's not going to happen again. And then it happens again. You're going, what is this? And then you sit there after five years and you go, far out. This was a lot better than the first time, though. But shit. But yeah. the startup creative expressive journey is messy. And I feel like sometimes we want the order with the chaos. And it's like, actually, we're still in chaos. And we can create some order. And with more time passed, there is a stronger dance between the chaos and the order in that creative journey. I wonder if that's your reflections as well. It's definitely something I've noticed. Mm. I, I, you know, when I think about chaos, I think, what is the opposite of chaos? Like, is it peace or is it nothingness? You know, like, is, is the absence of chaos peace? No, it's sparse. It's, mm. it's. It's, it's empty. Mm. And so, you know, this idea that, yep, you know, we'll, we'll sort of make, we'll, we'll try and, and eliminate things from our lives and, and sort of tame the chaos or control the chaos. Fuck, man, the chaos. I don't know if we can swear on there. But the chaos is, is in itself beautiful. Oh, yeah. If you could traverse through it, Dancing. Yes, 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 yes. This is my church. I mean, yes. How gorgeous is that? You know, to, to see people creating, expressing, living loudly. 
but simultaneously smiling, simultaneously smiling inside and outside, you know? And, and that is, that for me, you know, though there isn't a, an inherent goal, is, is the feeling that I want to be feeling, is that, shit, there's a lot going on. I'm far out that's, you know, intense. But man, do I feel great. And yes. gosh, don't I feel alive. Oh, yes, that is, that's living. I'm here for mm. that. Fuck yeah, that's so good. I feel like that is living. That's living. And I think mm. it's just learning how to navigate how chaos feels sometimes and utilizing different mindsets to perceive the experience of chaos and creation so that it can be joyful. Because I think it can be easy to pick up and try on busy, overwhelmed, high expectations, long to-do lists, because that's also what's around us and is kind of what a lot of normal looks like and sounds like too in the space. But I'm just trying to distance myself a little bit from that and see actually that's not what I'm choosing to pick up and try on. And when I pick up and try on something else in terms of a mindset and a way of being, in my creative process, um, I'm finding a lot of peace. I'm finding a lot of joy and I'm finding a lot of ease. So mm. here for it. Fuck yeah. Yes. Fuck yes. Okay. So welcome to the Take Your Meds podcast. <laughs> 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 um, I wanted to introduce you first and foremost as just like I just feel like you're part of my soul community. I feel like when I met you, I don't know words to explain. There's no time that passes that I feel creates distance between us. I feel like whenever we see each other, it's just like it was yesterday. And there's just something really soulful about our connection. And mm. I've always admired how you've dreamed I've always admired how you've created and the really cool things that you've done in the Auckland community, um, show and tell, just like spreading kindness, what you've done with Move Space, and then, yeah, just seeing your brain at work on different projects that we've worked on together. And so, yeah, I, I just want to give you a space to introduce yourself, invite you to do that, including your pronouns, and then we're going to dive into it. Cool. So my name is Kieran. Um, I go by he, him. And introducing myself. Um, the pen is well, yours. Yeah, cool. Um, it feels important to me to say that uh, I consider myself a third culture kid. Um, I look, sound, and feel from three different places. Um, and those places are important because they hold different identities and shape me in different ways. But the thing to know about where I'm from um, is where I feel at home. And where I feel at home is with my friends uh, right now here in Auckland. Um, and where I feel most at home is usually with my friends uh, watching sunsets um, or in the small creative community space that I've started three years ago called Move Space, um, where we work with one another, where we dine with one another, where we share space and conversation and all kinds of things with one another. 
um, and making films. Films is uh, a real source place for me. Um, I feel like I'm really in touch with my true self when I'm making films, when I'm listening to people's stories and capturing them um, on my camera and sharing that with the world. Um, so if I was at a barbecue and someone asked me what I did for a living, I would tell them I'm a community builder and a filmmaker. And though that would still leave them with questions, those are the two things that I would say. Um, but yes, I love bringing people together in creative ways and um, with film, anything that I can capture and make beautiful and hope to move people emotionally to hopefully see themselves or others or the world differently is, is ultimately the two missions I'm on of bringing people together and moving them to make the world more awesome in some way. Oh my gosh, yes. And you're a great storyteller, I must say. I could l sit and listen to your stories forever. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for introducing yourself. I would love to hear what's alive for you right now. Hmm. I mentioned it before. I found myself in a new space. So there's, there's some irony to starting a co-working space that you don't work in. Um, I've, yeah, spent the past three years working on, in, around, um, on a creative community space where people work out of and have just recently, as of two days ago, taken uh, a small sublease down the road um, to work on my film stuff. And, and that um, has been my passion and my, my, my voice, my medium of, of, of expression. And that has somewhat been neglected for some time. And, um, what feels really alive right now is, is dedicating this space, this physical space that I'm in currently to, to working on that film and hopefully igniting that flame within me to, to really make film and, and explore that passion and wow. um, see where that goes. So that feels really alive right now. Wow. It's so crazy. Like you, you're building move space and you know, there's different projects on the go. How do you create the space and time to zoom out, recalibrate and go, actually, I'm really passionate about filmmaking. Mm. How might I build that into my week, my month, my quarter, my year, when you've got so many things on the go? How do you do that? Yeah, over the years, it's just been a gift that's been given to me of... of um, you know, people encouraging me to go on to retreats or join them on adventures um, camping or, um, you know, my parents inviting me home and saying, hey, stay for the weekend. That's, um, you know, a real gift to uh, and privilege to be surrounded by the amount of people who are very supportive and um, do invite me along to these things and nudge me along to come to retreats. And um, more recently, went on a five-day retreat and right next to a beach and um, with a bunch of community builders who were exploring their practice and sharing learnings with one another. And it just felt wow. um, like the exact place I needed to be to really zoom out. And um, it couldn't have come at a more perfect time. We talked about divine timing. And um, yeah, in a way, I feel like I've been blessed with um, the breaks when I've needed them, the burnouts when I've needed them. Um, and yeah, 
So some of it is intentional and I know that, you know, I need it more and more. Um, but yeah, it's very much that same thing. You sort of, you get hit by the wave and it smacks you in the face and you go, gosh, I want, or maybe I'll duck my head next time and you duck your head a little and you get smashed in the face again. You go, right, maybe I'll dive under and then you dive under and you still get tussled around. So you sort of, you're getting better and you're learning slowly. And so that's kind of how I feel about taking breaks and um, finding space and sort of learn it over time. That's powerful. Yeah. And, and can I ask what your biggest learning was from being around some community builders more recently at that retreat? The question I went in um, into that retreat was, if I was to prioritize my well-being, could I do my work with more grace? And, mm. and you know, I was probably one of the more uh, inexperienced or younger community builders there um, and felt I was surrounded by so much experience and wisdom. And I think the thing that was like a learning but also just incredibly reassuring was that these learnings are cyclical, that people who've been doing this work for decades find themselves still rushing through their work mm. and finding and longing and desiring joy and ease. And, and that in itself made me feel like far out. You know, they're able to manage a number of projects. They're able to raise a family. They're able to continue, you know, living a, a, a social life um, and, and still come to these retreats and, and they still talk about rushing their work and I'm sort of sitting there going, you're doing a great job, you know. Mm. Um, and, and that felt reassuring, um, knowing that it's kind of a, a lifelong learning and a lifelong dance um, opposed to something that I need to conquer or else, um, yeah, I will fail, some sort of thing. Wow. So is there kind of like... Is there kind of like the experience of community building or creativity and it is what it is. And then there's the judgment of the experience and it's that gap between that causes the pain or the frustration or the resentment or the fear to move faster. It's not actually the experience. It's the judgment of then. Hmm. Is it? Mm. It's your perception of the creativity. It's the perception of the community building and how you're community building. Yeah, I, I, I find myself being continually surprised by um, what people expect, how people are feeling. Um, and I, I'm probably akin it to maybe what a parent feels like of, you know, you're continuously worried, you're continuously in service of these people. And so my sense is that I'm continually listening and trying to pick up hints and trying to pick up little nods or movements to be like, oh, you don't like that or that doesn't feel comfortable. Let me move this in that way so you feel a bit better. Mm. Um, meanwhile, they're just grateful to be alive and they're, they're stoked to be in your space and they're stoked mm. to be um, supported by you and that idea that this even exists, you know? And I think that, um, that worry has been really helpful um, but the overthinking, not so much. Mm. The I think it's led um, me to sort of be astute in 
picking up little movements and learning what those are and patterns and, and creating services or creating projects that feel good to people. Mm. Um, but it also lends itself to possibly a lot of overthinking and, mm-hmm. and coming to the realization that you go, hey, what do you think of this? Because I, I don't think it's going well. And they go, what are you talking about? It's going great. I'm loving my time here. And you sort of go, oh, snap. Mm. No idea. Wow. Yeah, it's a bit of da- a bit of a dance to know what you have. What what is, what are you being called to tune up, tune down, and to mm. just let be, let be. Mm. Um, I'm curious to dive into what your definition of turning your light on is. Mm. Turning my light on. I love that framing. It's so great. Um, I think like, to me, when I think of like turning a light on, I think of joy. I'm like, what is it that makes me go like childish and giddy and skip around and, you know, make me laugh hysterically and, you know, like, Mm. um, yeah, I think of like celebrations and I think of just pleasant moments and conversations. Um, that turn a light on for me. Um, I think of like mystical and magical moments where serendipity arrives, you know, where all of a sudden we're sitting there and we, you know, we want a a deck of cards and they just show up at our house and we just (laughs) laugh in hysterics. You know, like just being like, there is something bigger than us at play here and that's wonderful. And we don't know what it is and we don't need to know. You know? Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or just dance. I love dance. Dance just feels so like, I mean, sure, there's, you know, performers and dance. But for me, dance just, I don't really dance for any particular reason. I just move and it feels great, you know? I love it. Would yeah. you say there's ever been a time where you haven't had your light on? Mm, definitely definitely I think there was something you said about like perception of reality and reality and when I'm far away from reality where something happens in my world or life that shakes the foundations or just tells me I'm doing something wrong um, and just my perception of reality is just way out of whack um, I can find myself being really anxious and and unsure and confused um, and everything feels like a threat, you know? Mm. Um, but talking to someone or going outside or have, you know, phoning someone up, all of these things are just threats to your, um, your beingness, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what my anxiety feels to me sometimes. And, and yeah, I definitely don't feel like joy comes easy in that time. Mm. Yeah. How, how have you navigated from being in a space where your light's off to where your light goes back on? Can you pinpoint anything as you navigate, navigate those, those tough waters of like, actually, when I look back, or when I'm in it, I can actually notice 
some things that I do that support me to turn my light back on. Mm. I, I love being able to look historically at things that have gone well. Um, I will definitely frequent just like photos in which I'm like happy. Yeah. And if I was happy then, and if I was stoked then on whatever the hell I was stoked on then, I could be stoked um, maybe tomorrow. And, you know, that alongside a belief that it could be, I think is, is really important. I mm. had a wonderful conversation with a friend, Jeff Ong, who released an album called Maybe It'll Be All Right. And he talked about this idea that at the time of his lowest, saying that tomorrow's going to be a good day was too difficult. It was too difficult to believe. But what he could believe, what was just enough to give him some hope was this idea that maybe it'll be all right. Mm. And I loved it because it, within that maybe, there's a, a bit of hope. It's not tomorrow's going to be shit. Mm. Maybe it'll be all right. It's not going to be the best day. It's not going to be the greatest day. And that's too hard sometimes when it's feeling down. So but true. Maybe it'll be all right. So I like that idea too. That's so powerful. And I feel like with social media and like culture, toxic positivity is something that's like keeps rearing its head for me anyways, where it's like, you know, we can't feel, you can't, you can't always express how you really are and what you're really feeling because you just need to reframe it into a learning and change your mindset so that you don't perceive the world that way because look over there, there's so much to be grateful for. What's your view on, on toxic positivity and, and how do we navigate that in this time? That's so interesting. I've never heard that term, um, but I love it. Um, Gosh, yeah, I feel like I can definitely find myself being surrounded by um, just like an extreme level of positivity, which, you know, ultimately, I think when I found myself sort of saying, hey, things are great, things are okay, when they're really not, this could just be a mask, you know. Mm. Um, you know, of course, there's times where I do feel great and I tell people I feel great. But, um, yeah, at the times that it might be, uh, it's obvious that I'm, I'm hiding something. Um, and, you know, especially I think you might be able to notice it within close friends or, or family members who you know really well and, you know, they might be saying things are just good or things are great or um, when really they're not. Mm. I, um, I, think it, I think in a way you sort of, when I think about situations where I've been with people who sort of... Um, perhaps overtly positive um, treat it in the same way as it's like um, being sort of self-deprecating, you know? Mm. They know that's not true, um, you know? Sort of asking, like, how do you really feel um, can be a way to just break down one layer, you know? If someone's being self-deprecating, we're pretty quick to be like, nah, that's not, not the case. Mm. But when it's toxic positivity, you know, we don't do that as much. Um, mm -hmm. Don't want to be seen to be bringing someone down or be a downer or be a buzzkill or all those words. Um, but what we're really seeking is just truth and authenticity. Um, and it's cool that we can call it out when it's self-deprecating. But 
perhaps um, there's space for that when it's uh, too much positivity. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so curious how you get to have the emotional intelligence to navigate different people and spaces and places and really understand actually right now for my well-being, for my safety, for the safety of others, I'm actually just going to swallow it and and maybe present myself in a way and then when can it be helpful for me to take off the mask and actually be seen, heard and understood for where I am at and know that I actually have a permission slip to have a full human experience here and not constantly move around in one space of the human experience this is something Mm. that I'm definitely trying to reconcile with and it's definitely requiring me to dial up my EQ my emotional intelligence and understand actually where is it helpful where is it safe and I don't want to be emotionally dumping either (laughs) but Mm. you know where are those spaces and places I get to be seen heard and understood and knowing that I can receive emotional support rather than advice when I'm needing it and know Mm -hmm. that I can also receive advice to look to empower myself beyond the circumstance. So it's definitely a conversation. I'm, I'm curious to see what people think about because I definitely notice that there's a lot of like, everything's awesome. You know, (laughs) it's like, really sweetie, really? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, It makes it really hard to connect with people. I think. When it's, you know, I think the thing that connects us is like the humanness and the humanness requires, you know, it's so much easier to connect with someone on their hard times than their good times. Like, or else it just becomes a brag fest, you know, like how great was your day? This, that, and the other. And how great was that day? I think it, it makes a lot more sense to be like, you know, this is, this is how I'm really feeling about something and far out. Yeah. I, I can empathize. I can connect with you. Mm. I, you know, it's such a equalizer to be able to to be vulnerable and share what's really going on. And, and it's a, it's a shame that the toxic positivity, though seemingly wonderful, perhaps is, is a barrier to us just connecting and, totally. and, and getting the actual goodness that we, <laughs> we say we're feeling. Totally, totally. And there's some real emotional intelligence with it too, that I'm discovering that, you know, people can only meet you at the depths that they've met themselves. And so you know, to be aware of, okay, yep, I want to be real, I want to be authentic, and is it safe to go there with this person right now? Because I don't, I I could find it way more harmful to have my own experience denied right now because of the humanness of where I'm at. And yeah, I think it's just like, and I really big encouragement for me anyways to think about okay how might I create more space and time in my own life to reflect and be aware of the different programs that are running in my head or I don't know the beliefs that I've picked up or my judgments or perceptions of things and just build a better relationship with how I'm showing up in the world so that if there is a space and time where someone chooses that that it is safe to be seen heard and understood that I might have the capacity to meet them where they're at rather than to 
deny the experience. So, mm. yeah, just I'm always curious to see what people think about that. I love your perspective. Yeah, um, I, I, I might. Sorry, I was just gonna. Yeah, go there. there. That, that the, um, I I personally find it really difficult to. Um, I I don't find it difficult to open up and say how I really feel. I feel it's difficult for me to find the safe spaces to be able to do that. And I think especially in the world that I find myself in where I live, work, play, sleep in the same place. And, you know, at any given moment could be, you know, connecting with 40 to 50 different people in a week's time span. And so... Of course, at one point in a week, I might not feel great. But of course, to someone who might see me once in that time, go, Kieran's not having a great time. Whereas, you know, I may have just, you know, stubbed my toe or something, you know, and it's just kind of like, that's just what happened. Doesn't mean that, you know, that's now how I am for that week. Mm. And so I find myself um, being real yeah, somewhat anxious about that showing face and, and kind of um, being like, nah, everything's cool. Um, just because I'm unsure of how that will be received. If I do have a vent or if I do have a, um, you know, a breakdown, like how will that be received? Mm. Um, and And so I think for me, it's been important to find separation in my life and sort of find those safe spaces because um yeah it's it's previously been such a challenge and I, I assume that's probably the same for people who whom work and um sort of maybe sleep and work and mm -hmm. hang out in the same place or maybe work with their friends or yeah having those sort of boundaries are are important and and um you know i Unfortunately, I sort of find myself having, perhaps as I connect with more and more people, my kind of circle grows smaller and smaller. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been an interesting dynamic to notice as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like there was definitely a time where I thought that it could all mix together and it was fine. And definitely as time's going on, I'm noticing just, I just, yeah, echo what you just said around kind of that that core getting smaller and smaller or even as I'm growing and evolving my level of consciousness and self-healing and growing and developing in different ways that um, sometimes people in that close space actually aren't growing we're not growing together and that actually mm. that that inner circle is getting smaller and smaller but with that I've been framing it as a an amazing experience for new space, time and energy to come in from different people that are in alignment with the growth and the consciousness shifts that are taking place. So it's like this dance with like loneliness and excitement <laughs> mm -hmm. of like, Ooh, space is being made, you know, thank you and mm -hmm. gratitude for the space that, those people were holding and then you know excitement and and being in the frequency and energy of what I'm calling in you know so mm. yeah 
Yeah, and and simultaneously this desire to be seen, like I I I want people to know how I feel.、Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't want to be guarded,、mm-hmm. uh, and 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 you know I I don't feel guarded for you know I feel like an open book, but yeah, unfortunately by proxy of the amount of people I see, it feels like I'm having to be guarded, whereas it's just. Because I'm surrounded by a lot of new people quite often,、mm-hmm. or people who only see slivers of my life,、mm. where an experience and and some emotional unintelligence might assume that that's just how I am, opposed to how I was in that moment. And so, yeah, it's definitely a, a challenge. Hmm. Interesting. I've never kind of spoke about it like this. This is really interesting. I guess this kind of leads us to ex- authentic expression and like how you know you're living an authentic expression of yourself. And I think some really interesting conversations have come up in like navigating your quarter life crisis, where you're like, "Okay, this is bullshit. I'm tired of my patterns. Everything I thought I knew, I don't know anymore."、Mm. How? Have you personally found yourself, and then found the confidence to express that version of you? <laughs> Can I just say therapy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go there, go there. <laughs> um. Oh my God! I love my therapist.、Um, shout out to you, bro! If you ever listen to this,、um, straight up, just like the ability to see patterns where I saw none, and to see connection where I saw none, and、um, to make me aware of those things that、um, were driving some of my actions.、Um, Somewhat unconsciously, and and make me aware of it, and able to work on it, and、um, just、uh, really gave me a new outlook on how I could regulate my emotions, and how I can work best with people, and how I can then in turn be more of myself, and then in turn express more of my art and work with the world. Because far out, like. It's those types of things that you know, conflict with people and conflict with, you know, the battle against where am I gonna go next or what am I gonna do with my life with your own psyche is the ones that just,、mm-hmm. at least for me, stop me from、uh, um, being as creative and as prolific as I'd like to be.、Mm-hmm. So,、um, fuck yeah, my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah, fuck yeah! Shout out, shout out. What's emotional regulation? Can we go there?、Mm. What have you learned about emotional regulation, and what does it mean to you? What do you? What does it look like and sound like? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I、um, what does it sound like? Sounds like being in my car going down the motorway. Realizing that no one could probably hear me, and then just like screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> yes. It was just like the most ridiculous revelation ever, and it's—I mean—to many people who are aware of this, will just be like, "Yeah, duh." But like the idea that like stress was just like stored within me, and that like 
I couldn't necessarily think my way out of that stress being released mm. was, you know, like I needed to <gasps> yes. physically move. I needed to physically yell. I needed to physically do something to release this tension. Yes. Um, was such a revelation. And so when screaming <laughs> or yelling in the car was introduced to me, my God, did oh. I find my shoulders dropped a foot. I was like... <laughs> This is amazing. I, I've forgotten. Oh, emotional regulation. Yeah, it's not. I mean, that's obviously just the part of it. But I mean, it was just like one thing recently that um, far out I learned and it's been great. Oh, my God. Life changing. Fuck yeah. Oh, totally. I'm here for it. I, I often scream, make loud noises, scream into a pillow. Mm. Um, oh, my gosh. Getting crockery from an op shop and then smashing it on the ground, yelling as well. Mm. Oh, I have never done that. Yeah, there are healthy ways to express these emotions. We don't have to keep them bottled up. Shit, yeah. Any other tips for the listeners on how to regulate your emotions? I One that um, I feel is very helpful for me is that in the mornings, I tend to just ask myself, like, how am I feeling? Mm. And, and it always, it tends to, like, I tend to write things that I wouldn't... Um, first have thought um if that makes sense yes. so i'll start i'll start writing things like you know i feel quite excited whereas my mind will not have felt excitement you know and i'm like oh maybe my body's feeling this excitement for the day but my mind's still waking up or maybe my body's feeling tense and angry but my mind's feeling excited for the day and it's interesting to notice just those types of things and recognize like what's true in that moment and what's just you know thought and just a part of your imagination um what's hanging over from your dreams or what's kind of just um latent excitement for the day um, mm. so yeah those those sort of <laughs> two things that um i feel are a part of my emotional regulation um exercises <laughs> um, i love it yeah it's good i've been um also sitting with journaling and just saying like what would my inner guidance want me to know and mm. that's just been really powerful two things that came through this week for me was yeah like the conversation we were saying before like what if it's easy what if it's easy pick it up and try that on as a mindset and then how will we see the day the week the month what if it was easy or the biggest problem I'm trying to solve or some shit that keeps appearing. What if it was easy? And then the other one, which has been a really interesting journey for me, is like life is about giving and receiving. And for a long period of my life, I really blocked a lot of receiving. I would always be giving and love giving, love the joy of giving, but would always find myself quite closed off from receiving. And so I've been on this really beautiful journey of um, just noticing how much the universe wants to give me and mm. to not block it, but to be open to receiving because it is reciprocal. So that is just another one that came through when I asked my inner guidance, what would you have me know? So maybe mm. that works for you. You're not <laughs> what's coming up for you as I'm saying this. I'm just like, you're such a delight. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is, I'm just been so thoroughly enjoying this conversation. Like, this is just so wonderful. 
This, what does this the feels... universe want to give you, Karen? Oh, well, it put me in this conversation and I'm just stoked about it. I'm <laughs> smiling back at the universe. The cat that's on your t-shirt. <laughs> Everyone knows my iconic cat t-shirt. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> the cat is like looking up at the stars and the planets. And it, it looks like it's a, a picture from the universe. Or the cat itself is the universe. And I'm smiling back at the cat as I look up at the stars. Thank you. <laughs> this is living. Feline universe. But the universe, yeah. I, I feel like that was a really profound lesson for me of just like, you get to receive as much as you get to give. And there's there's so many blessings coming to you if only you could be open and it's like noticing the little things like even you know someone wanting to hold a door open for me or like offer to pick up my bag that I'm carrying at an airport or oh just so many little things someone will offer to pay for me for something and I'll just be like no 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 you know and it's like you get to receive you get to give and you get to receive so yeah, I definitely know for a lot of purpose-driven young people who like to give a lot, um, let this be a, a message and a reminder that you also get to receive and look at all the ways the universe wants to give things to you. Um, I want to ask, what's been your biggest unlearning? My biggest unlearning? Ah. Oh. I think the first thing that comes to mind but also feels like the biggest thing has been not quite people-pleasing, but this subsection of people-pleasing. So I, f I feel like I don't feel like people-pleasing is something I do, where I sort of suppress all my needs and just attend to all the needs of the person in front of me or what have you. Rather, I feel like I do this subsection of people-pleasing where I will morph my identity to be the most lovable person to the other person. Mm. And what I will find myself then doing is I will be having a conversation with someone about mindfulness and will be this beautiful, wise, wonderful conversation. And then I'll talk to a guy in my sports team and, you know, We'll chat about what we did Saturday night and went out and had a few drinks and chilled out and talked sports or whatever. And I'll be this more laddie bloke. And then I'll talk to this photographer and I'll tell them about how I love filmmaking and how I love the beauty and the art and the wankery of, of artistry that art can be, you know? And, and mm. I'll get back to my apartment and I'll sit there and I'll be like, I want to chill out. And the artist part of me would sort of sit up on the couch and read a book. The yogic meditation part of me would go and do some yoga and the bloke would open a beer and just hang out on the balcony. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I want to do. And that is a problem. Um, mm. And so my unlearning is about trying to tune in to how I feel in that moment with each of those people and trying to be as authentic as I can, knowing that that is a pattern that I have, that mm. I will embellish 
or I will speak to a big part of me that will just be the most lovable to the person rather than simply who I am or how I want to show up in that conversation in that moment. Mm. Um, Holy shit, this is huge. How do you do that? What's your <laughs> What's your recipe? Oh, fuck, man. I'm learning, eh? Like, shit. Like, sometimes I get it right and sometimes I get it fully wrong and I just sit there and I'm like, man... I don't know if this is going to get better or worse or what have you, but um, learning is a messy process. We say creativity is a messy process. Fuck, learning is a messy process. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and I feel like I'm getting better. I think when I say getting better, just like quicker to recognize when something feels just n totally inauthentic. You mm -hmm. know, like when someone will tell me about, hey, you know, this one's a classic one. Like, hey, like, I'd really want to go to this um, this gig and it's just like, you know, this indie artist that no one's really heard of. And I'll just be like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And meanwhile, in that moment, what I really want to do is just like go home, watch a movie, do straight up nothing, you know? Mm. And, and like, that's how I feel in that moment. But like, no, I want to seem cool and interesting. And like, I know what that, who that indie artist is. And I'll be like, yeah, that rings a bell. And like, didn't they do that one? And are they playing at this cool gig venue? And like, yeah, maybe I'd be down. When straight up, I know, I know through and through in every fiber, every cell of my body that I just want to go home. Mm. <laughs> and so, yeah, just getting quicker at recognizing that is- um, Wow, that's what, huge. What that. That's huge to not even not only find the awareness to recognize the pattern, but to then look at how you might close the gap and the distance between when you realize you're starting to play it out and tuning in and knowing, hang on, what's my truth in this moment? What feels good and right for me? How can I be grounded in who I am and be unapologetically willing to show up as who I am in this moment. Like, that's huge. I feel like people go their whole life just on autopilot with that shit and you're, like, awakened to this pattern that isn't really serving you. Serving you. And I think that's really huge. That's, yeah. Kudos Therapy. to you, my friend. Therapy. Therapy. It's Therapy. so great. <laughs> 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 Fuck yeah, Therapy. Oh, so many therapists. There's so many to shout out to now. <laughs> but true. Um, <laughs> what has been your medicine in finding yourself? So this is the Take Your Meds podcast. I'm really mm. keen to like explore what young adults find medicinal in navigating their quarter-life crisis or really finding themselves that isn't a primary health kind of prescription, you know? It's not something you go to the pharmacy and, and get a script for. Although I love my quetiapine and I'm very grateful for my pharmacist. Um, mm. But yeah, what's been your medicine in fighting yourself? Oh, I, I feel very blessed to have a lot of love um, in my life. And, and sitting with people, um, having dinner with people who know me through the stages of my life. Mm. Um, I had noticed recently that I was surrounded by a lot of new friends and there wasn't that same feeling that, that of feeling seen. Mm. 
and that when when a change occurred or I shared about a change in my life, that their only reference point was you know the incremental step that I took. Mm. Whereas I sat with a friend of mine whom I known have known for about seven or eight years, and she's seen me through all the different changes and could look back at the eight years ago and go far out how far you've come, mm. and that feeling or having that reflected back is just for me such a medicine mm. it is unbelievably i think it is that feeling of feeling seen like you know me you get me mm. more than you know any of my new friends could mm. um mm. and and it's yeah you won't know me as well as i do nor my parents <laughs> but it's more than than most and and that feels special and that feels true and real and beautiful and um you know whether that's uh love with a, a friend or an intimate partner or a best friend or whatever it might be um yeah feeling seen in that way is just lovely medicinal medicinal that's beautiful and I suppose mm. there's an allowing there of letting you be seen in your full human experience as well and not being afraid to fully show up for and with those people that you're journeying with so that they get to witness you and that you are taking the mask off and, you know, sharing the curly whirlies and the massive wins and having the vulnerability to be seen because there's some vulnerability there as well, which is um, what brings you to the, the deep connection and the, the witnessing by somebody else too, I suppose. Mm, totally. The witnessing. That's so, yeah. I mean, what a beautiful way to put it. I mean, and what a privilege it is when you do witness a friend or whomever um, on their path and on their journey and seeing how someone develops over the years and the decisions that they've made and the paths they could have taken and the space that they find themselves in. And like, it is magic. Like mm -hmm. it is fully magic. We can play this like video game of life and choose multiple characters. If we just choose to love and be seen by our friends, you know, like mm. far out, like that's rad. Yeah. That's living. That's beautiful. I want to know what are the rituals and practices that set you up for personal freedom? Mm. When I think of personal freedom, I think of like my mobility and my mobility to take myself places to be there fully um, to be excited in that moment and to be fully uh, present there. And, and a big one for me more recently has been um, what I put in my body, so food mostly, um, and, and being really conscious of, of kind of the fuel that I'm putting into um, my body to enable for me to have the energy that I need and want to, to be able to interact with people in the ways that I want to. Um, so rituals look like 
having really good meals and having tasty, yummy meals um, that are really nourishing. Um, and, and sort of looking at my well-being um, with that same sort of desire of how can I make this yummy and nourishing. Um, I know when I wake up in the morning, I need to clean my body um, and, and clean my mind. So I have a shower and, and, and do a bit of meditation and, and that sort of cleans the body, cleans the mind and then have a nourishing breakfast and fills my, my body with some goodness and, and, and that sort of sets me up. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know, rituals beyond kind of the, the taking care of the fuel and um, making sure movement's a big part of my life um, and kind of sort of managing my energy levels. There's nothing too special or fancy about it. It's, um, yeah. Does Get. there need to be though? I feel like, I yeah, feel like enough that's sleep, beautiful. Enough sleep, enough water, good food, moving, moving around, spending time with people, the basics, um, yep. which are, because they're so um, obvious, they're the easiest ones to miss, I reckon. It's just like. Totally. Sometimes we just need to go back to the basics and go, am I getting at least eight hours sleep? Have I had two to four liters of water? What fuel have I put in my body? Where am I moving my body? Like, I think sometimes people are so excited by the new and shiny of like, ooh, breath work or like, ooh, mm. this new modality or this, you know, spiritual healer or you know, whatever, some, some big crazy change. And sometimes we actually just need to get back to the basics and realize we're going to feel a bit agitated and a bit off if we haven't slept well and things aren't going to be going so well if we don't have good food in our body. I mean, it's so simple, but it's so profound. And I love that you're rock solid on those foundations because that is what sets you up for your ability to be open to those other modalities, those other possibilities of those rituals or experiences that can really strengthen your ability to be free. Mm. And I think, you know, simultaneously recognizing that that in itself is a privilege, you know, like even, um, yeah, just um, acknowledging that though it might be um, easy in, in, in my world and, and extremely grateful for that, that it might not be mm. um, in everyone's world. Mm. Um, yeah, though those things might seem simple, they might not be to everyone. That's such um, a good point. Mm. Yeah. Thinking back to your younger self, what advice would you give your younger version? Yeah, a lot of me wants to say, like, take your time. Like, but then, then there's this other big part of me that's like, but if you didn't push and you didn't rush, you wouldn't be in the space to, to have learned that, <laughs> you know? That mm. um, had I learned about this, this glorious term, grace, would I have you know, have the friends that I have now, you know, have the foundations that I've set up in my life now. 
you know? Mm. Um, and I don't know if that just equates to more happiness or more wellness in my life. Like, um, what would I tell myself? Oh, man. I just, there's so many moments of just when you talked about how the light was off, that just everything's going to be okay. Mm. Like, far out. I think there's no greater desire I have um, than to somehow magically tell people whether it is or isn't um, to instill some hope and belief in those times mm. when the light is off. Um, because um, I've been there and we've all been there in different ways and in different um, times. And um, I know for myself how um, yeah, that hope is something that pulls you through, whether it's something really dramatic that you've been carrying for a long time or something that's happened in a moment or in a day. Um, yeah, everything will be all right. Mm. That's really beautiful and so important. I totally, I totally have to echo the same thing. So many times looking back that I just thought it wouldn't at all. So knowing what I know now, it's like, yeah, Jim, it's all going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And you'll always learn something through your pain and suffering. Always. There's always a gift. Even mm. if it doesn't seem like in the moment it's clear, the gift always becomes clear. And often, actually, when I look back, I realize that a lot of my pain the gifts that have come from it have actually been really closely connected to my purpose and how I can actually be of service and help others. So thank you so much for just like going there. I feel like you were really present and in flow with what was authentic for you. And I just want to honor you for that and for being open and sharing your truths and opening up. Um, is there anything else you want to share for anyone listening who is navigating how they turn their light on or maybe back on and any final thoughts you have around um, medicines that people might be able to pick up and try on? Hmm. An oddly reassuring thing sometimes for me has been knowing that the people who seem to have it all together um, are too going through things mm. that you might be going through too, that they, it might not be as it seems, that we all have different struggles, um, ups and downs, and that though you might feel alone, um, you might not be. And in fact, you're probably not. And um, there will be people out there who can connect with your struggle, um, even if it seems impossible to find them. Um, and I feel so lucky to be a part of this conversation. I feel so lucky to reconnect with you um, this feels like a safe space for me. And, um, you know, 
I've only kind of just realized that all of this was recorded and to be shared with other people. And, and that feels so much of what the intention of this podcast was for me um, when we began of, to be seen and to, um, to be my most honest and authentic self. And um, yeah, really appreciate the space you've created um, for this conversation. I, um, yeah, feel very blessed. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words. I always love spending time together. And yeah, I, I know our worlds will, will collide again soon. Um, and yeah, thank you for showing up in that way. It's beautiful. I'm sure for people listening that there's a golden nugget of some kind. And I just want to encourage everyone listening. If you've heard something on this podcast that's really resonated or really landed for you, I just want to invite you to go and spend some time in nature and just sit with it and see what's this here to teach you? What's, what's this showing you? And how might you lean into that one thing that's standing out from this conversation with Kiran? And perhaps you even want to put pen to paper and see what might come through either in a journal or just in some meditation and, and really sit with it and discover what, what messages the universe wanted to share with you. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Kieran, for your time. How can people connect with you? Uh, connect with me online. Uh, Instagram's probably the best. Um, I would love to hear what people thought. If there was something that um, we said that resonated, that would be cool. Um, it's just my first and last name, followed by film. So Kieran Patel Films is my handle. And yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Definitely encourage you to check out Kieran on Instagram. He's always up to lots of cool things. <laughs> Just like even for inspiration for your own projects or ideas or creativity or community building or anything. He's definitely one to watch. So thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode. And until next time, kakite. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in and thanks to our special guest. This is your chance to take a moment for yourself and really reflect on what's landed for you over this episode. Yep, right now. Pull over in the car, stop working, take a minute and write it down and turn that into one actionable goal so that you can integrate and apply what's come to light in this episode into your life. If you're picking up what we're putting down, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button to be the first to hear when the next squeeze of Audible Juice is live in a new app. If you have a topic you'd like to hear more about, please slide into my DMs on Instagram. See you next time.
This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.